According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now let me stop right there. Do you think he was being sincere? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, notice this, and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when you judge. Verse 5, behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou, <clears throat> thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Verse 7, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. It's, it's a procedure of what was used and done on the utensils and on the things, amen, in the tabernacle. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. In fact, can we do this today? Look at verse number 10. Can we read this together out loud? Would you read this out loud? Let's read this together. Amen. Me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. From verse 4, if we put that back up there. Against thee only have I sinned. David was very honest and very clear about his feelings. And he makes it known here in Psalms 51. Today I want to just amen, deliver what I feel like the Lord has laid upon my heart. No... What you're anchored to. Look at your neighbor and say, no. No. You've got to know what you're anchored to. As we read these words, I mean, to most people it's just ink on paper. To some it may just be, you know, somebody else's expression. But one thing I, I want us to realize is David felt this. David, this was in his soul. This was in his spirit. And David penned this out, not just for his purpose, but for our purpose today as well. Amen. We get involved in things sometimes that we get drawn into things and we fall into temptations and everybody, everybody struggles with something somehow, some way. But this is probably the most clear expression of deep sorrow and regret by David's wrongdoing. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just deep sorrow and regret of the sin, the wrongdoing, amen, that he had done. The man of God, I, like I said, the man of God, the prophet Nathaniel, uh, was sent by the Lord. And I, I think it's important that we realize this. Uh, when God cares about you, he'll send somebody to you. He'll send a word to you. Amen. David had 
the man of God, Nathaniel the prophet. God sent him to David. Amen. And he used a parable, if you'll read it. He used a parable to reveal David's hidden sin. David had thought maybe he had gotten by with something, but inside it was really, it was really tearing him up. It was really staying with him. How many's ever done something that you immediately regretted? Amen. When those, when those things happen, they're hard to forget. In fact, in 2 Samuel, amen, chapter 12, you'll find that's where this took place. God sent the man of God, Nathan the prophet, to, Dan, to uh, David to let him know about this hidden sin. And he used, he used the parable to the point to where David says, whoever done this thing should die. And so sometimes uh, when I read things like that, it really sets me on edge because it reminds me we've got to be careful what we ask for. Or what we say. Amen. And it caused, but when the man of God, when the prophet come to David, and this took place, uh, 2 Samuel 12 and 13, notice it caused David to repent. David recognized and realized, and he said unto Nathan, he said unto the prophet, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. You won't die. David's words that says, listen, whoever done something like this should die if you'll read just a little prior to this. But, amen, the man of God says, listen, because you've repented, because you've, has, amen, have sorrow, because you, you recognize, because you admit it, guess what? You're not going to die. The Lord's going to be with you. The Lord's put it away. But notice David's heart. David didn't blame somebody else. He didn't blame the church. He didn't blame people. He didn't blame his family. He didn't blame his situation. David said, I have sinned against the Lord. Come on, what we've got to understand today, it doesn't matter what our neighbor thinks. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter what rumors are. Amen. What you've got to come to the conclusion is, I've sinned against God. And I want his forgiveness. It's just that simple. Because God is a forgiving God. Notice this. Things David was guilty of. My Lord, some of us, we haven't done near what David did. And God was still for him. I mean, some consider David a traitor at one point. Some considered, amen, knew, knew David, amen, to be a traitor, thought that he was a traitor. David was a proud man. David was an adulterer. David was a murderer. Simply, he was all these things. Nobody sitting here I, that I know of are all these things. But notice how bad and how deep-rooted these were that David had become and we and, and, and it calls us it begs us to question what in the law in the world is the Lord thinking about okay David you're fine <laughs> what is it he was all these things yet he was a man after God's own heart now let that sink in We've got to know what we're anchored to. Come on, we can be mean, we can be ugly, we can have a past, 
We can have all kinds of issues, but if we know what we're anchored to, makes all the difference in the world. David knew he had a God that was a forgiving God. He knew he had a God that was a merciful God. He knew he had a God that was a loving God. Not like people, not like situations. He knew what he was anchored to. When the times of testing come, look at your neighbor and say, and they will come. The difference between success and failure will be what you're anchored to. I'm going to say this. If you're anchored to this world, guess what? That's all you're going to get. Enjoy it while you can because it's all temporary here and hell is eternal and it's no fun like some make it out to be. Some talk about hell like it's going to be some kind of party house. My Bible says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. It's going, to be, it's going to be some so much torment take place that you'll try, amen, to get rid of that torment, and you can't. Listen, what, whatever we call our life here on this earth, and for some it's longer, for some it's shorter. It doesn't matter. Life is but a vapor, period. It's just that quick. The hardest thing for us elders to really deal with is to deal with our past and know how quickly things went by. Now, amen, we used to look at our ch- children and we used to try to do things with our, as a family and try to all, and now, now we pour into our grand, grandchildren and we think, and, and then all of a sudden they look like little babies for a minute and now they're driving cars and getting older. It goes fast. So my point is this. Why not serve God? Why not give God your best? Why not give God your all? Why not know who you're anchored to? Amen. Because whatever you need, amen, to be held still, you know that God's going to be there for you. It'll come. It'll happen. David was a king. David was blessed of God. David had things. And David just, I mean, think about all these accolades that David had. But yet he messed up. Had issues and had problems. But what was the secret of David's success? How, amen, can he go to God and say, God, I've sinned. I know repentance works, but how can he go to God with all this baggage And the man of God says, God has forgiven you. Listen, I want you to know something. What made David successful despite his repeated failures? Because listen, it wasn't about a title, the king. It wasn't about reputation, a man of war. Those things didn't mean nothing. It was his faith in God. Come on, I'm talking to some folks today. Amen. Your faith in God. You've got to be anchored in faith to God. Amen. You've got to know that he's there no matter what. Amen. You've got to know that he hears you when you speak. You've got to know that no matter what you've done, you've got an anchor. You've got something solid you can go to. Hold on to. Something that's keeping you. 
He was anchored. Look up the word anchored. It means just fastened firmly to keep, to stay in one position. David knew God. He knew he had an anchor with God. But there's some things about David I want to point out. Not just what he did, the bad things. Let me just give you like four little examples here. One is David loved the Lord. He loved the Lord deeply. Matter of fact, he wrote it in Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2. Look at it. He loved God in such a deep way. Put up Psalms 42 for me if you would. As the heart panteth. Now, in terms today so you'll understand what this means. As the deer as, it's, as it hungers for thirst after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after God. After uh, such a deep thirst. Verse 2. <laughs> my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When I shall come and appear, when shall I come and appear before God? David had such a a, a, a anchor to God. He, he believed God. He loved the Lord. And he, he, he loved him. My soul thirsteth for God, the living God. Think about that. How many of us, when we get in trouble or do something wrong, how many of us begin to even think about God in any way? We usually think about the adversary. Well, the devil did this. And well, look what I, and, and we look at ourselves and we start, listen, what about God? Where's God? When you're anchored to God, that's the first thing you'll recognize. God, I, I, I know what I need to do. I need to let you know I've sinned against you. I'm going to use me as an example. I don't care what any of you think about me. Listen to me. God is the one I want to please. God is the one I've got to answer to in forgiving. It's not you first. It's him first. Come on. We love the Lord enough. We'll say, God, I've sinned. I've messed up. Forgive me. It's not hard to do. Come on. Coming to an altar should not be, amen, a job. It should not be something so hard to do. I don't care how long you've been serving God or not serving God. When you thirst for something, amen, and have a love for God, it's there. It wasn't just because the prophet, you know, convicting him. It wasn't just because the preacher coming and convicting him. Or it was the inspiration of the Lord. Look at God. God inspired him to write scripture. Man. Think about that. That's pretty profound. The Lord. Can I, can I say this? Don't think God ain't going to fight for you. you. You may not be the average person. If, look at me. If God's invested in you, if God's given you a talent, if God's given you abilities, if God's put a calling in your life, he's invested in you, and you think he's going to walk away easily? He invested in David. He proved himself to David. 
David tried the Lord even as a young man and proved God and knew. So he had something to anchor to. Just like parents. How many of us ever looked at our kids and go, that was stupid. What was you thinking? You don't think God don't do that? I guarantee he does. We think God's up there, oh, he's just, no, listen. And for some of you, here we go again. But when you're anchored to God, listen, I don't know of anybody sitting in this congregation that had that bad of a resume than David had. And yet God, amen, he loved the Lord enough. God used him, amen, amen. God let him, because when the word of God came to him, when he realized it's me, guess what he did? He said, listen, I can't deny. I'm not going to lie to the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to lie to the Spirit of God. I have, I, I have, it is me. I have sinned. David loved the word of God. Whether from the, the prophet convicting him by the word of God or from the inspiration of writing what God had instilled in him. God, he loved the word of God. Now, the other thing, this is so important. David learned to repent. Why does it get quiet when we talk about repentance? Repentance is almost as bad as talking about money nowadays. You talk about money, people freeze up. Oh, God, you're going to want money. Brother Hampshire in our class talk about giving and we're not giving. Some of you are stiff in the board, scared to death because, you know, you never know the next words out of the preacher's mouth. We're going to take up pledges today. What's wrong with repenting? If we're anchored to God, what's wrong with saying, God, forgive me? It's not the, it's not the situation. It's not the issue. I want you to know uh, I've sinned against you. Because I know you're a merciful God. I know you're a loving God. I don't want to take advantage of your mercy, of your grace. I want you to know I've sinned. Lord, forgive me. Oh, come on, I'm talking to somebody. What's wrong with that? The other thing, here's the biggie. This gets, listen, this gets all of us. Look at your neighbor and say, every one of us. Somebody shout, forgiveness. I can look in your eye and say, I forgive you, but do I? You can look at me in the eye and say, I forgive you, Brother Purdue, do you? Because it shows up down the road. Come on. David learned to forgive. David had, listen, didn't David have every reason? If, if I read my Bible right, Saul tried to kill David. Wanted to, I mean, Saul wanted to take David out on numerous occasions. But reverse it, and he couldn't. The verse is, David could have killed Saul. David could have been bitter. David could, come on, he could have had his feelings hurt. He could have let that get to him. 
But he didn't. He didn't get that way with Saul. He had the right attitude. Listen, we, we say it in cliche, if God be for me, who or what shall be against me? Until somebody opens their mouth against us and then we can fall apart. Come on, let alone chase you around Muncie and try to kill you. David learned to forget. He had every reason to hate. He had every reason to be bitter towards Saul. On two occasions I know of, David had the opportunity to destroy Saul, but he refused. And you know what? And you know what? Read this. Read this for yourself. David mourned greatly at Saul's funeral. Well, I'm glad he's gone. Thank you, Lord. He got rid of that thorn out of my side. No, he mourned greatly at Saul's funeral, at Saul's death. Because a right attitude causes a person to extend forgiveness. Somebody say amen. Are you locked in on the amen? Even if they don't ask. Now, can you say amen? Come on. Forgiveness, is, forgiveness comes from those that have the right attitude, those that know they're anchored to God, regardless of whether someone asks or not. David was forgiving and was never asked by Saul. Amen. Even if it's never sought or never asked. Just, uh, and I'm one of those when somebody attacks the church or says, ooh, it gets me. And sometimes it's hard to overcome those thoughts and feelings about, okay, Lord, you take care of it. Because the Lord took care of Saul. David knew who he was anchored to. That's what made David successful. You want to be successful? It's not the job you have. It's not the money you make. It's not what you do. It's know who you're anchored to. Come on, if you're going to put your faith and trust in the world, that's so be it. If you're going to put your faith and trust in God, know that God will prove himself over and over and over. In this life, we all have heartaches. We all suffer loss. We all have issues and problems. Every one of us. But it's knowing who and what we're anchored to makes all the difference. I mean, I don't know how many times in our life we've had to say, hey, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know where things are going to come from. I don't know what. But, Lord, I know you know. I know you take care of us. Brother Hampshire was talking about during the time of COVID, him and his wife missed one paycheck. God took care of it. And I'm a firm believer. God will take care of the faithful. He'll take care of the faithful. But watch. But when you push God, when you st- and I say this a lot lately, when you stiff arm God away, also watch. Because when you know you're anchored to God, guess what? Some of these things are not hard to do. It's not hard to pay my tithes. It's not hard to give an offering. It's not hard. It's not hard to give of time, of energy, especially when you know it's needed. 
Oh, it's getting quiet now. It is. David knew. I mean, my Lord, I look at, I mean, that's why David is such a great example. Look at his life. A lot of people give up. Quick. Over nothing. I thought somebody said, I found out or I heard somebody say, blah, blah. What, that, what has God got to do with it? Somebody hurt my feelings. What has God got to do with it? We're flesh. Trust me. I'm going to say something that's going to put you on edge sometimes. Out away from the pulpit. I know it happens in the pulpit. Out away. I'm going to say something crazy or do something. What's that got to do with God? What's that got to do with what you're anchored to? My God, Sister Lord, I, are, I mean, we don't even have a heart anymore. In real life reality, because it's been broken so many times, it can't be put back together. You're laughing, but it's true. You don't know the tears. You don't know the anxiety. You don't know the struggles. You don't know the worry of others and what others are going. You don't know those things, only to have it come back and reflect like, well, what'd you do? Where you What? It's true. You've been that way maybe for your family. Your family don't appreciate your prayer life and your struggle, amen, with God to pray for them in their environment. But yet they attack. Didn't that happen to Jesus? Jesus, did he walk around and do nothing but good? Heal people? Set the story straight? Spoke straight? Did, didn't, come at, didn't come around like some kind of phony or tell people what they wanted to hear? Come on, we're living in a time people, people want to hear things to make themselves feel good. That's not what God's into. God's into your soul. He's into eternity. He's not in the temporary. Come on, he'll tell you, wipe your tears. Shake yourself. Get up out of the ashes. Move forward. Why? Because if you're anchored to me, that's what we're going to do. Here's Jesus' new expression. Watch me. Look at everybody. I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. What's in it for me? I come that you might have life. What about me? I mean, think about it. If, if Jesus was like us today in, our, in the flesh like us today, well, yeah, yeah, I'm coming for you, but what about for me? Why do I got to do all this suffering? Why do I got to? Why do I got to go all these things? Why do I got to be spit on? Why do I got to be cursed? Why do I got to be cut? Why do I got to be chased? Why do I got to be talked about when I healed your family? You say, "Oh man, they didn't know. They didn't understand." We don't understand today because it's still happening. Because the first thing something don't happen that we want it to, we start blaming God. Or here's the big thing. Or we bring anxiety or fear. Well, I was afraid. Or I'm, you know, uh, you know me, I just get worked up. No, I don't know you. You've got the Spirit of God. If you're anchored to God, you don't have that in your life. It'll try to show up, but you've got to get rid of it. Greater is He is in me. Listen, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to listen to all that. Because that's what the devil's doing, telling some of you all every day, every day there, da, 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 and you're listening to him. When you know who you're anchored to, David, David, listen, 
how can I ever get, can you imagine the, the, the fleshly side of David? How can I ever get back to God? One or two issues, let alone all of them. How can I be trusted by God again? You see, that's what the devil will try to say. But he knew, listen, I'm anchored to God. I'm anchored to mercy. I'm anchored to love. And you know what I'm going to do? Like the prodigal son, I'm just going to get back home. It was much better. Oh, my Lord, come on. Somebody needs to get that. You think it's better somewhere else and everywhere else? Come on, it's much better. You get out there, guess what? The devil's going to cut that limb off. As soon as you get out on the edge, he's going to get over there and start sawing that limb off and look at you and smile the whole time. Got you right where I want you. When you know who you're anchored to, you can ask, how can I say this? We can ask God, even in the midst of our unworthiness. I'm not deserving. You see, that's what you've got to know. I have sinned. You, I mean, today's terms, what is sin? People are doing everything and anything they want to do, and there's no boundaries. Stop complaining about our borders. Start looking at your borders. Spiritually. Come on, every devil, every demon, every thought, everything, amen, anything that the enemy wants to do is just going to send, some, send something right your way, cross those borders, get into our mind, get into our being, and next thing we know, guess what? Look at you say, God's got his hands full. But when you know you're anchored to God, listen. Even the prodigal knew, if I could get back home, you know what? I don't want to be somebody. I don't want to be my dad's son. I'm just going to get back home. I'm just going to be like one of the hired hands. You see what repentance does? It won't make, won't make us big in ourselves. won't make us try to look for excuses about what went on or what's being done. It's knowing that we can go to God and God's going to hear our plea. God, he, he knew he was anchored to love and mercy. So when your test comes, and it will, when your trials appear, and they will, when the storms of life blows in, and they do, it's your anchor. Come on, it's your anchor. It's your anchor. I'm tired of people wanting to be bailed out because they won't anchor themselves to God. God wants you to be anchored to Him and trust Him. Put Him first. Because when we get selfish and self-centered, do our own thing and have to pay the price, now we're struggling. But when I know I'm anchored to God, He's going to take care of it. Somehow, some way, he's going to take care of it. 
not because I'm making excuses, but because I said, Lord, I've sinned against you. It's your heart. It's you that I've broken. And I'm so sorry. Your anchor is the love of God. Your anchor is the love of his word. It's our repentance and being honest before God. Stand with me. It's about forgiveness and forgiving. If I can feel your attitude oozing off of you, I guarantee you God knows. He knows. Our thoughts, our imaginations that run wild and rampant when we don't rein them in. You've got to be anchored to something. Something's got to keep you sustained. How about the Lord? How about knowing what you're anchored to? Let go of some things. Let me say this. Let go of some things that have you anchored to bitterness, to hurt, conviction, and even unforgiveness. Put up Psalms 51, verse 1 and 2 real quick again. The last thing I want to share, I want you to go back and look at this. David's pouring out. Have mercy on me, O God. Not according to what I've done. All the good things, all according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. Notice what he said. Wash me. You've been baptized in Jesus' name? Come on. What's that for? For the remission of sins. If we can't humble ourselves at an altar and ask God to forgive us because that's the plan of salvation, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. What are you anchored to? Wash me thoroughly of my iniquity. Cleanse me of my sin. Come on. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you need to get rid of them. You need to get rid of them. You need to purpose in your heart and know who you're anchored to. I'm anchored to the Lord. He's the one. We sung earlier about the blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washed away my sins. That's why our faith says I'm baptized in Jesus' name. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Would you close your eyes all over this place? Come on, don't look around. Young people, be respectful. As David was approached by the man of God, I want you to hear this today. and I'm not, I'm not trying to run up my flag, but the man of God has spoken to you. The man of God has spoken to you today, his, the word of God. 
And David heard. And he asked God to forgive him. You don't come to me and confess. You don't come to me and tell me. You go to God. Go to God. This altar's open. He said, well, I ain't done. Listen, the, the good thing is you've not done nothing near what David did. It shouldn't be that hard to fall on our face and say, oh, Lord, I've heard your word today. 